If we had a thousand tongues to sing, thank you ladies for leading us so beautifully. If we had a thousand tongues to sing, it still wouldn't be enough to offer the praise and the honor and glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, for all he has done and been to us. Thank you for joining us for worship today. Whether you're here in the sanctuary, we're glad to see part of your faces anyway. And uh, if you joined us by live stream and uh, by Facebook Live, we welcome you and we pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him, as we hear the word read and the word spoken, and we lift our voices in praise together. But thank you so much for being here. If you're a guest, we welcome you. And uh, there's a special gift for you out at the Welcome Center as you leave today. Uh, stop by there and take one of those gifts. But we're glad you've cho chosen to worship with this church family today. Why don't you stand and wave at those around you and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with you today.
Thank you. you. may be seated. We have come to worship the Holy One, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. And we welcome you if you're worshiping with us online. So grateful that we can worship together. However, the Holy Spirit leads you and leads me. But thank you for worshiping. And every week there's an opportunity for us to pray together. And we fall down and we lay down our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And we know that he is able to meet us right where we are in our pain, our suffering, our worry, our fear, our anxiety, our depression, our addiction, whatever it may be. 
God is able, and I hope you come today expecting God to do something fresh, new, life-changing. And I know God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. At this time, I'm going to invite you, if you would, to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. God, it's great to be in your house. It's great to worship you, to sing praise to the only one who's worthy to be praised. God, we thank you that the sun is shining right now outside. And, and Lord, the sun, Jesus, is shining here on the inside. Lord, we come to you giving you all praise and glory, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Father, we have come to acknowledge our need of you. Lord, I know there are folks in this place, folks watching right now that are in great need. We have families grieving and hurting, struggling. Father, we continue to lift John and Vicki Witt up in the loss of this grandchild, this baby. Father, we pray for Tommy and Cammy Case, Lord, their family and the loss of their child. Comfort them and strengthen them, God, as only you can. Father, we pray for other families that are grieving today, suffering loss. Father, uh, as someone mentioned right before this service, the Sayers family and their loss. Father, we pray for people that are in the hospital. We have folks that are Father, suffering right now as side effects from this terrible virus, we pray their, your healing hand would be upon them. Father, we pray for people that are recovering from surgery, facing surgery this week. Anoint them, God. You're the great healer and the great physician. Bless them. Bring them safely through, we pray. Father, we pray for our country Father, that our nation would turn back to you. Father, be with our leaders. We pray, God, that you would bring conviction and godly wisdom. And Lord, that um, there would be repentance in our land and people would turn back to the only hope we have, which is Jesus. Father, may we never be ashamed of the gospel. May we always be willing to take a stand for the one who took a stand for us when he died on the cross to save us from our sin. Father, we pray for great revival and great spiritual awakening in each of our hearts and all of our churches. Father, I'm so thankful for this church. I thank you for the love we share and the Spirit of God in this place. And I pray, God, you might continue to guide us as we continue to minister during this pandemic and lord that your will might be done and lord if there are folks watching or in this place that have never given their heart and life to jesus may today be the day of salvation for someone or many father may we confess our sin ask for forgiveness accept you into our hearts repent from our old ways and begin to walk in newness of life. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music today. Speak to us through the music. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us, God, through this, your servant. And God, help me to speak your truths. And when I am weak, Lord, then may I be strong through Christ and your spirit. And I pray, God, again, a special anointing upon every person worshiping with us today and tune our hearts with yours. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we are trusting you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, we ask, amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, I appreciate all the beautiful music today and the
appreciate an ensemble from our choir being here. Thank you all for being here. And we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's word. Begin with verse 10 of Luke chapter 13. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he had said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you all for leading so beautifully, and thank you again for being here today and allowing 
the Spirit of God to be in this place. You know, I like to always start with a little humor, and I thought it'd be appropriate to do a little uh, Super Bowl humor. Uh, I had two different people uh, to send me uh, this this week, and uh, I wanted to share it with you. A friend of mine has two tickets to the 2021 Super Bowl in Tampa, both box seats. He paid $21,500 for each. They came with a ride to and from the airport, lunch, dinner, and a food and drink $400 tab. Also, a backstage pass to the winner's locker room. He didn't realize when he bought them that it was going to be on the same day as his wedding. And if you're interested, he's looking for someone to take his place. It's at St. Paul's Church in Orlando at 3 p.m. Her name is Ashley. She's 5'4", about 115 pounds, and a good cook, too. She loves to fish and hunt, and she'll be the one in the white dress. That's funny, the last, I think I've read that the last two or three years is a funny story to share, but I'm so thankful you can be here today. How, how many of us have ever come to church and we've just gone through the motions? We knew that we wanted to be here. We knew that we needed to be here, but our hearts were just not in it. And maybe that's been you before, and maybe that's been me. Uh, and we've tried during this COVID to minister to you, but coming to church has even been more challenging during this pandemic. And, uh, you know, as I look at this scripture today, it just made me think about a lot of different things. One day... Verse 10, uh, on a Sabbath, Jesus was there teaching in one of the synagogues. I wonder how many people knew that Jesus was going to be there that day. I wonder if it would have made a difference had people would have known beforehand that Jesus was going to be there. I wonder if it makes a difference to people when you come here to know that the presence of the Lord is in this place, does it make a difference? Does that change how we approach worship when we're expecting the presence of the Lord, when we're expecting to see Jesus? For the last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called Rebound. We've been looking at stories in Scripture of Folks who seem to be in a helpless and hopeless situation, and then through God's divine power, they were able to rebound or to bounce back from what seemed like a hopeless situation or circumstance in their life. And I don't know where you are today watching or, or in this place, but it's possible that you are worshiping with us today and you have been crippled by spirit. Not only was Jesus teaching in one of the synagogues, but verse 11, a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Think about that. A woman who had been crippled by a spirit was there who had been crippled by this spirit for 18 years. Well, when we think about this, we think about all the many times in scriptures where various disorders are attributed to an evil spirit. If you would look in Luke chapter 4, verse 33, it says, there was a man in the synagogue who was possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. And we know that these demons could present themselves in so many ways, maybe in some type of violent action, maybe in a mental disorder. Uh, it's possible through bodily uh, uh, disease. It's possible through some kind of rebellion against God. But these evil spirits could present themselves in a variety of ways. This particular woman 
we are described her infirmity. And the second part of verse 11 says, she was bent over and she could not straighten up at all. This infirmity seemed to have been that the bones in her spine had been fused together. For the last 18 years, this woman had walked around, not able to gaze upon the sun, not able to see the stars. She couldn't even make eye contact with people. She had to communicate by looking out of the corner of her eyes up at people. For the last 18 years, all she had seen was dirt, dust, and dimness walking around in this state. She had been taken prisoner by Satan through this infirmity. I'm wondering today if some of you are here and you too have been taken captive. Maybe you have been uh, taken captive by COVID. Maybe you have been devastated by your depression. Maybe you have been abused by your addiction. Maybe you have been weakened by low self-esteem. It's possible that you have been weakened by a bad relationship. Maybe you have been weakened by a bad temper. But nonetheless, one of these situations has caused you not to see any hope, only darkness, only dimness, only the, the world that Satan would have you to see, and you've missed out on God's best for your life. You know what I think is telling in this story? That this woman, regardless of her circumstance, she still came to worship. I love that even though she was in this state, it did not destroy her faith. She was at church that day. And I wonder if she thought, I'm expecting God to do something great in my life on this Sabbath. Wouldn't it be great if we could come to church like that? We come to church with the expectations, not just going through the motions, through the rituals, but I'm expecting God to do something great, something life-changing at church on Sunday. If we could have that kind of expectation and the power of God to do something special, something life-changing, I think our churches would be filled with the great move of God when we come in with that expectation. I've shared this story with you all on Many occasions, I can't help read this passage, which we've talked about this passage through the course of time before, but it's a great story, a great rebound story. But I remember years ago in the little church, some of you that have been here for a number of years will remember too, we had a sweet little lady that used to come to this church across the street who now has gone on to be with the Lord. Her name was Helen Mefford. Helen Mefford lived down 421 on a farm, and Helen Mefford walked much like this. And she would come into the church. Helen had served as our church treasurer. She had served as a Sunday school teacher for the senior women. She had worked with children years before that. She was always there every time the door was open at all the potlucks. I think she told me one time, she went to four different potlucks at churches all across town. But I remember Miss Mefford walking in like this, and she would say, I have the worst one of those Ritus boys. It's Arthur Ritus. And I'll never forget, it's as vivid right now as I'm thinking about it. I remember Miss Mefford looking up at me the best she could, and she said, I'll be at this church even if I have to crawl. I'll be at this church even if I have to crawl. And I've thought about that, and I've thought about others <laughs> who have done whatever it took to be in God's house, even when their health, 
even when their circumstance, even when their situation was weighing them down, it did not deter their faith. They were going to come no matter what. That's the kind of faith I hope we all can have, that we would have the faith of this woman who was bent over and she could not straighten up at all, but yet she came to worship. She was crippled by a spirit, some spirit which had caused her infirmity. But then she was called by Jesus. I love this. And verse 12 says, When he saw her, he called her forward. Do you ever wonder if Jesus can see you and your need? Do you think in this great big world Jesus can see little old you or little old me? And you think he's got more important things to do. He's got more important people to tend to. He's, he's busy. He's, he's got a lot going on. Do you think Jesus sees you and me? Well, I think of a couple of instances. A few weeks ago out of Mark chapter 5, we talked about the woman in the crowd who had a bleeding issue. She had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Remember, she thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I will be healed. And Jesus was touched, and he said, who touched me? And then he healed this woman. He saw her. In John chapter 5, he saw an invalid who had been lying beside the pool at Bethesda, who had been an invalid for 38 years. And among the great crowd of people, Jesus saw this man. And you remember in verse 6 of John chapter 5, it said, when Jesus saw him lying there, and he had learned that he had been in this condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Seemed like a funny question for an invalid the last 38 years to say, do you want to get well? But some people get comfortable in their situation. Some people get comfortable in their infirmity. Some people get comfortable in their habit. Some people get complacent and think, you know, uh, I don't really have to go to work. This guy was a beggar, and so people are throwing money. If I get well, I might have to go to work, or I, I might have to do something with my life. Sometimes we're guilty of getting comfortable where we are. But yet, this woman had come into the synagogue on the Sabbath expecting God to do something great. Why should we expect him to do something great? Well, Hebrews chapter 4 15 and 16 describes Jesus. It says, uh, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with, with confidence or, or with boldness so that we might uh, receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We know that he understands what we're going through. And when we approach him, he's, the, the picture when it says of a high priest would be like a, a priest going into the Holy of Holies behind the curtain on the Day of Atonement to atone for the sins of the people. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he went through that curtain of, of clouds, but he is there on your behalf, on my behalf, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, and he's gone before us, and he knows what our need is, even before we ask him. And he wants, I love that picture. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward. You think he called her forward to embarrass her? I've had so many people who have told me before, you know, I'd join the church if I didn't have to walk up in front of all those people. I, I'd come forward. At, and you know what I've thought? I've thought about through the years all the men, women, and children that have walked this aisle coming forward to give their heart and life to Jesus. There have been grown men trembling and shaking, saying, I've never done anything like this before. I've had families to come together and just fall into my arms, all of them weeping. I've had people that have had the 
worst kind of tragedy you can imagine who came forward to give it all to Christ. I've had people that have battled so many health issues or addictions or problems that have come and said, I can't do this by myself anymore. I think about being at a Billy Graham crusade with some of you years ago at, at Cardinal Stadium, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium in Louisville. And I always loved watching a Billy Graham crusade. And as the mass choir and the people would begin to sing just as I am, you would see a multitude of people going forward. Now, I know there were many counselors who would walk forward too and show people you're not alone, we're walking with you. But then that altar would be filled with people who all had needs, but yet they were willing, called by God, convicted by the Spirit to come forward. I've watched some of you through the years stand at the pew during the invitation, and I've watched you dig your nails. If you would look on the wood in front of your pew, you probably see fingernail indentions where people have felt called by God, convicted, and yet they have fought it. They have fought coming to Christ because that means change. That means something's going to be different when we give it. We can't come to Christ and stay the same. And I've watched people battle. And then over the course of time, the grip loosens. And then their hands are removed. And then there's no anxiousness or teeter-tottering. After a while, they lose that conviction. And they just go right back to living life, business as usual. And I've just thought about during this pandemic that it's possible that God is calling us to a higher calling to be more committed in our faith. It's possible, he's saying, it's time for Christians to step up and start being the people I've called you to be and quit wavering in your faith and quit straddling the fence and it's time to start living a committed Christian life and that you would lead your family to the throne of grace and and start serving me with everything you've got instead of just keep putting me off and putting me off. Jesus saw her. He sees you. He sees me. And he called her forward. He calls for commitment. He wants us to make a commitment today. But not only was she called forward, but she was cured for, from her infirmity. I love that it says in verse 12 that when he saw her, he called her forward and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then in verse 13, it said, Then Jesus placed his hands upon her and she immediately straightened up and began to praise God. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Jesus placed his hands on her, and immediately this woman who had been in this condition 18 years, immediately she straightened up and began to praise God. Jesus not only sees the cause of our infirmity, but he's the cure for our infirmity. So many people try to self-medicate and, and try to help with the pain they're going through, but only Jesus is the one who can truly straighten our lives out, can straighten us up. It's only Jesus who can help us to rebound or to bounce back what seemed like a helpless and hopeless situation. And you know what? Jesus knows our hearts. He knows the motives of our heart. Now think about David in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, when David was asking God to check his devotion, when he said, search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He knows our motives. And while we might fake some people 
we cannot fake him. Jesus is not impressed with our external behavior, uh, masking our unbelief and our jealousy and our hatred and our hypocrisy. He knows us inside out. And if you were to add a fourth point to this sermon, it might be that he was also, she was also criticized by others. Isn't it a sad commentary that this woman came to worship on a Sabbath and that condition when everybody knew her and knew that she had been that way all this time and you would have thought after Jesus placed his hands on her and that she immediately stood up and began to praise God. You'd think people would be happy for her. But the synagogue leader, the religious elite, condemned Jesus for doing it. I mean, he said, there's six days. And I bet he talked like that too. There's six days. Grumpy old man. There's six days to work. And here you are on the Sabbath doing work and brought healing, you know. I can't imagine. And then Jesus flips the script and he said, you know what? How many of you all have this morning gone out to untie your ox or your donkey and taken them to get water and yet you cannot rejoice with this, not just the woman, he, he gave her a name, the daughter of Abraham who was set free from Satan's torment, her infirmity for the last 18 years. You know what he was saying? He goes, you're concerned more about the religious process than you are about a person and their needs. And I, I couldn't help but think this morning about an old Andy Griffith episode. If you ever watch Andy Griffith, you remember when Barney was sheriff for the day and like he had the whole town thrown in jail? And, Bar and I might be getting my episodes confused, but do you remember that Andy told Barney, he said, when you're dealing with people, you can't always go by the book. But he said, what? You go by the heart. I think about all the spiritual elites, holier than thou, I'm better than you, or at least I don't do this, I don't do that. I'm following the letter of the law. But what about loving people? <laughs> What about having a heart for people? And I really think that's what God wants us to He wants us to see people. This woman couldn't conceal her infirmity. Some of you, some of us have been guilty of concealing our sin, concealing our struggle, concealing our addiction, concealing our depression, concealing our problem. But we can't conceal it from God. He knows. He knows. And he wants to set you free today. On this Sabbath, the Lord's day, he wants to set you free. And all you have to do is, is come to him. Allow him to touch you with his life-giving, life-changing power. I want to close by, by sharing this. In 1963, um, Bill Gaither, who many of you are familiar with, was accompanying uh, Dr. Dale Oldham, who was an evangelist. And he was accompanying him on some of these evangelistic campaigns. And after one of the services, this preacher came up to Bill Gaither and he said, you know, Bill, the word touch is so special in God's Word, especially the New Testament. Jesus was all the time touching the blind, and they would receive their sight. He was touching people's lives, and they would be changed. They would radically be transformed. He said, I wish you would, <laughs> I wish you would write a song about that special touch. A week later, Bill Gaither had composed a song. 
Dale Oldham's son, Doug, would be the first to sing it at many of the crusades, and, and then he would record it in 1964, and that song would become popular among a lot of singing groups. And even in 1972, Elvis recorded an album with that title of that song, and it would win a Grammy Award from him recording that song. And I've heard it through the years, and I know you have too. And, and if you know it, I'm going to invite you to sing it with me because when I hear this song, I think about this woman. Shackled by a heavy burden Neat the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. May we pray together. Father, thank you for touching this woman in our scripture that she was set free. 18 years of pain, people making fun of her, mocking her, jeering her, probably embarrassed to go out, but yet she was at church. She came to worship and didn't worry about what people thought. She was more concerned about what her father thought. She was more concerned about worshiping the only one who could truly change her life and set her free. Father, I'd be willing to say that there's some people here and watching that need to be set free today from their infirmity. I pray, God, that on this Sabbath, this Lord's Day, you're going to deliver some people from their depression, from their addiction, from their anger issues, from their anxiety, from their plaguing sin that keeps them paralyzed. God, you're going to set somebody free today. May we expect it, Lord. And Father, I thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. And Lord, even though our circumstance that we've dealt with for so many years, maybe has made our lives challenging. Oh, God, I pray that once you set us free, we'll be a witness to others that what you've done for us, you can do for them. Thank you for touching my life many years ago and continuing to touch my life. And Lord, I've never been the same. And I pray today, God, that we would not miss this moment if there's someone who's never given their heart and life to Jesus, may we not allow you to pass by or pass through this church or where we are worshiping today without crying out to you. Father, maybe there's someone that's a Christian and they've been beat up by their situation and they felt like quitting, throwing in the towel. Oh, God. May they know today that you see them where they are and that you love them and that you forgive them and all they have to do is just reach out to you. And maybe a Christian needs to come back to you, God, and recommit their life. Father, maybe there are people that are looking for a place to call home. This is a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting, not a club for the righteous, but a place where we can come in just as we are with our brokenness, with our infirmity, with our problems, and we can be real and not conceal them. And Lord, you meet us where we are. Give us the holy boldness, Lord, as you call us through your spirit to come forward. 
We'll give you all the glory for what you're going to do. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand. And we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. If you would like to make a decision, I invite you to come. And you can have a seat on the front row. And it would be my privilege to pray with you about your decision, your commitment. If you're at home and you make a decision, contact me or our church office, and it would be our privilege to pray with you about your life-changing decision. But won't you come as we sing? you so much for being here today and I pray that the Lord set you free today maybe it's just between you and the Lord but I pray today you can leave here like the chains have been loosened the shackles have been broken and you've been set free give it to him and I promise you you will never be disappointed when you give it completely to him thank you for worshiping both here and online Thank you for your continued faithfulness, love, prayers, and support. We couldn't do what we do without you, so thank you so much. I'd like to welcome back today. We have some first-timers back since the pandemic began. We welcome you all and many of you who are back. I hope to see some of the rest of you in the near future. Don't forget, if you're on our email list, that you'll receive discussion questions about the sermon today, you can go deeper with family or friends discussing how God spoke to you. 
And then we continue to do Wednesday night virtually at 6. We're kind of taking it one day at a time. And as the Holy Spirit leads, we will try to get back to more normal. Our children have met the last two Sundays at 8.30, kind of doing a trial run. And then if it continues to go well, which it has so far, we'll open up at 11 for some of you that have children. Our youth will be meeting back in person next Sunday. Valentine's Day on that evening, be in prayer for them. We're, we're excited that we're all doing the best we can through a continued challenging time. But don't forget how much we love you and that God loves you very much. And I hope you have a blessed rest of the day. And, and stay safe this week. I think the weather might get a little tricky. Uh, wouldn't it be something if uh, Frank County and some of the other schools go back in tomorrow and then have to cancel because of a snow day? <laughs> anyway, but we'll be praying for all of our students, teachers, and administrators as this continues to be a difficult time. But right now, Bill, if you would close us in a song. Thank you and God bless you.